Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, podcast world? It is your boy, JP, and I am in the podcast studio with two friends, and I bet you will never guess who they are if you had a million guesses. That's right. It is me. One of them is my favorite redhead, David Marvelous. Appreciate that. (laughs) Strawberry blonde. And the other one is my favorite friend named Elena. Hey, guys. Yes. Favorite Elena. <laughs> Favorite Elena. Man, what a compliment. How many do you know? Uh, I got at least one. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I know another Elena. Hey, today, guys, we're not talking about Elena. We're talking about evangelism or sharing your faith. Evangelism. That's right. Uh, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you. Do you guys know? Fisherman. Fishers of men. That's right. He says to fishermen, follow me. You're going to go fish for men. So the topic of evangelism is a topic that uh, makes uh, some people hear it and they get nervous. Some people hear it and they've already stopped listening. They're bored. They don't want to talk about this. And some people hear it and they're like, man, that's the easiest thing in the world to me, which is probably the minority. So let's let's just talk about it in general. And uh, evangelism, what, what do we mean by evangelism? Sharing your faith, so sharing the gospel, um, witnessing. So they, early on, they were called witnesses. So they gave a witness account. Hey, I saw the resurrected Jesus. Paul said, "There's 500 people alive, still alive. You over 500 people saw him. Some of them are still alive. Go ask them." And so those people would testify, "Yes, I saw the resurrected Jesus." And so now his followers continue to witness. We, I have experienced the resurrected Christ. His spirit lives inside of me. He's he's changed my life, and I found something great in him. And I want to tell you about it. This last week we were eating at an Italian restaurant, uh, my family and I, and we were. Sharing Sharing with the the server, and he just said, he it was he goes. I asked him. I said, Hey, what do you what do you what should I order? And you know, he's like, Oh man, the chicken piccata. It's the it's the best in the world, the best I've ever had. I'm like, Oh man, that's great. Then and then later on in the meal, I said, Hey, let me ask you a question. Do you have a faith? And he said, Oh yeah, I believe like in a God, like a higher power, um, but I don't I don't push my beliefs on people, and. and I just came back to it towards the end, and I just said, well, you know, it's interesting. So I used to feel that same way, like, hey, I don't want to push the way that I believe on, on people. But then I, I realized that Jesus is true, and he's changed my life, and he offers me eternal life. I found something really good in him. Why would I keep that from you? In the same way that you were so excited about y'all's chicken piccata, you know, in the same way, like, hey, it's the best in the world. That's what you should get. I'm, I'm unapologetically telling you, hey, you should believe in Jesus and trust your life to him, his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of your sins, because what he offers you is a million, billion, infinitely times better than your chicken piccata. And so that's, you know, sharing the gospel. Okay, so you, so you just modeled, or you're telling, you're telling us a story, and in doing so, you're modeling a, a number of different things that I think some people do intuitively, some people don't. And so um, what I saw you do there, and I, I want to ask you about how, because I, I think you're gifted in this arena, and you have maybe the gift of evangelism, or at least you've exercised that gift enough hey, where— stop. Stop everything. <laughs> All right. You just paid me a compliment. It's the first time you've ever done that. And I just, <laughs> I want to acknowledge that and I want to say thank you. Right. Thank you for that compliment. Can we Those cut this? kind words. Let's cut this from the podcast. 
and uh, I don't want to I don't want to ruin my streak here. Okay. Okay. Hey, uh, and I think that you uh, you modeled what you do. So you looked for an opportunity, or walk us through how do you get into that conversation? I heard you say you ask a question. Yeah. And that then is, you did some other things. So if I was to ask you like, Hey, why don't people share their faith? I think we're afraid that it's, we're going to be awkward. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of the outcome. We're afraid it's not going to go well, that they're going to think less of us, that they're going to think we're weird, that we're going to make them uncomfortable. That's a big one. Totally. And so the hardest, most difficult thing about evangelism is going from a topic, uh, that you're talking about to talking about Jesus, <laughs> things of eternity. And so, like you never, you never want to be the awkward, you know, guy that's evangelist, you know, sharing the gospel at uh, the tailgate party. He's like, oh yeah, you, yeah. If you think those hot wings are hot, you know, hell, it's going to be a lot hotter. You know, just that that, and you're like, oh dude, that was that was a miss. And so it's just like, how do we get there? And the way that I do is is two questions that I use all the time. Do you have a faith? Question mark. Which is just, you know, they always, they're always want clarification. They always say, do I have a what? Do I have a face? Do I, what did you say? What is the word? And I just say, you know, a faith, like a religion, a belief, spirituality. Do you have a faith? And then they always answer. That has never gone. No one has ever not answered that question. No one's looked at me weird and just walked off. No one's punched me, you know, slapped me, you know, said something mean to me. Every time I've asked that question, which is honestly, probably at least once a day, probably, Close to that, on average, I'll say, um, and and somebody always answers that question. And so that, do you have a faith? And and another one that I use is, hey, are you into church? Like, is that your thing? Are you into church? And so either one of those goes from talking about the hot wings to talking about spiritual things without it being weird. So yeah, and the other thing that I think you do well is keeping a head on a swivel uh, and look for that bridge. And you you alluded to it, but uh, I heard you by way of example. Look for a bridge to, oh, that piccata is really great, and it was easy for you to talk about. In the same way, there's something really great, speaking as you, in your life, called your faith in Christ, that is easy for you to talk about and wanting to make sure that that you connect to where he is. And and I also think you do a good job of meeting them where you are based on your own past history and past story. And, um, and so for the person who's right now listening, saying, JP, he's outgoing, he shares his faith once a day, what? I don't have the gift of evangelism. That's easy for him to say. Um, and so just like I don't have the gift of public speaking, like JP is a public speaker, mm-hmm. you know, evangelism for me looks like praying for people in my closet. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that person? And by that person, I mean Elena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Elena, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. That's not do, at all true. Do you have a, okay, so here's what just hit me when you were saying that. I was just, I was thinking, I was like, we, we all share our faith. Everybody shares their faith, whether they whether they know it or not. But every day, like you said, well, you know, you share your faith every day. You, everyone listening, shares their faith every day. Uh, you you share how much faith you have every single day in every conversation. And so, if you if if your faith is is if you don't believe that. Um, you know, that people are going to hell. If, if you haven't started your day kind of centering your heart and mind around the gospel, um, 
then you're not going to talk about that. You're going to talk about the things that you have faith in. But we all share every day as we talk about people the things that we have faith in, just like my friend who had faith in chicken piccata, uh, that it's the best in the world. He shared that. And so we all have things that we share. And I'm just saying, hey, make the thing that you share, the thing that you're most excited about, the thing that you love, Jesus. And to the person who says, hey, I'm not wired that way, I don't think it's a wiring. Again, you you share things that you love. And I want to be really careful now because, because a friend was talking to me the other day and he was like, you know, you don't want to use shame as a motivator. And shame is not, shame is, is the result of uh, something someone says, I'm not using shame. And I would encourage you not to feel shame. But if you feel conviction, and there's a thin line between shame and conviction, if you feel conviction, I'd encourage you to change and and to work at, at being more intentional and having conversations that center around Jesus. Or more importantly, go back to what you actually believe. Like, just ask yourself the question, do I believe that people are going to hell? Do I care? Do I believe that I've been given the words of eternal life? Um, do I care? Um, how, how do I overcome whatever fears I have? What are my fears? Even write that down. That's a helpful question. What am I so afraid of? And look at it, write it down, look at it and say, okay, that's what I'm so afraid of. If that happened, is that, is that so bad? I, I, the worst thing that's ever happened to me, can I, can I tell you? Sure. Yeah. Come on. The worst thing that's ever happened to me in sharing my faith, the, the worst outcome, truly, literally, in, you know, 16 years of being a Christ follower, the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I had a new job. I was, I wasn't in ministry, uh, vocational ministry. And, um, I was working in telecom. I had a new kind of mentor and I, I asked him, he was complaining about some things at home and fight. He got in with his wife. And I just said, what's your relationship with Jesus look like? And he got so uncomfortable and it got so awkward, and he said, hey, that's inappropriate for the work environment. If you ever ask me that again, I'm going to turn you into HR. And, I mean, that was this was like a massive failure because we were on our way out to a business meeting that was 30 minutes away, and we had to drive back together, and we were in the same car. And I was like, this is such an epic failure. And uh, what happened, I'll just give you the punchline quickly, what ended up happening, so he was, he was raised Jewish, um, didn't believe in Jesus the Messiah, and wasn't practicing and just was offended by that. And what ended up happening is he ended up coming to an event at our church a year, a year or so, about a year and a half later, he came to an event at our church. He trusted Christ. He got baptized. His wife got trusted Christ and got baptized. His little girl trusted. It was like, it was like this new Testament story. And it wasn't anything because of the faithfulness of JP. I was so unfaithful. I mean, I failed so epically. And yet God just said, Hey, watch me. Let, let me be faithful. You know, let me take your, your mess ups and do something beautiful with them. Yeah, that's so crazy, which models something we, I've heard you say often, we've talked about often, our job is not to save anyone. Your job is to share. Yeah. God saves, we share. You cannot measure obedience by the outcome. And so you cannot measure successful evangelism by the outcome. Successful is evangelism starts and finishes with you sharing the gospel. Uh, the conversion is up to the Holy Spirit. And so the, to the person who prays, uh, they say, hey, all I do is sit in my closet and pray. You asked that question earlier. I would say, man, you're doing an amazing job at, at half of your role in evangelism. But I would start with sharing, then praying, or praying for the opportunity, then sharing, then praying again that God would move in their heart. 
And it's it's no secret that the person with all the stories of of you know amazing amazing conversions happening, it also tends to be the person who's always sharing everywhere they go yeah. that that God tends to use their words. That's just that's the craziest thing to me that this was the method that God chose. Like He could have used angels, He could have used the rocks. The rocks will cry out. He could have used anything, but He said, "Hey, I'm going to use you guys as my messengers to herald the gospel." That's good. So what would you say to the person who works at a place where there are HR boundaries? Um, they're afraid of getting fired. Maybe they're a teacher and they are prohibited by the state of Texas to share their faith. Yeah. Um, uh, what would you say? To that? Or they work in a similar circumstance like you were in. How do you do that well? Hmm. Or how do you be faithful in an environment that, that can be hostile hmm. or it's just unclear? Realistically, what I'd say is I'd probably say, do you like your job? And usually they're like, no. And I'm like, so you're terrified of losing a job you hate. You know, that that's that's ironic. Let's just agree that's ironic. But most of the time, the, the laws and the rules are a lot more lenient than we think they are. And so even for a school teacher, like, they, you know, if they're asked a question, they can answer that question. So I know school – I have uh, – school teacher friends, public school teacher friends who keep an evangel cube on their desk. And so when a student comes up and says, hey, what's that? They show, well, let me show you what it is. And they get to walk through awesome. the gospel. That's amazing. Um, there there are organizations out there that can help you know what you can and can't do. And so uh, Kelly Shackelford's organization, it, it, uh, it's First Liberty. Um, I'm pretty sure is the name of it. First Liberty will verify that. But that's a place where you can go and you can ask questions and understand what the laws are, uh, what you can and can't do, what you can and can't share. And so I would just start by saying, hey, know what you can and can't do. And don't, you know, Paul says Galatians 1.10, am I now trying to win the approval of God or of men? Or am I trying to please man? If I'm trying to please man, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And so don't be enslaved to the opinions of others. And at the same time, you want to obey the laws of the land or the rules of the land and honor your employee as much as you can. And the reason I said earlier that, you know, we share our faith everywhere is because uh, one way that we share our faith is through our conduct too. And so uh, uh, Titus 2.10, you know, just says, you know, work diligently so that you make the teachings of Christ our Savior attractive. And uh, and so, uh, you know, be the best employee there, be amazing and share your faith as consistent as you can. Uh, yeah. Another way I've seen you share your faith with people is through your personal testimony and um, that was like a new concept when I came to this church of being taught how I can use my story to get into sharing about Jesus. So for people who maybe don't know how to do that, do you want to explain? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's that's a great point, Elena. Just to say, hey, this is my story. Can I share my story with you? People are really open to hearing someone's story, their life narrative. And so I'm just like, man, you know, a lot, a lot of times trying to find that common ground so if they're like, man, I'm just really struggling right now, or I love to party, or hey, I live here. I'm like, man, I, you know what? I used to live there. In fact, can I share some of my story with you? Uh, 16 years ago, I was actually at a bar when someone invited me to church. And I went, hung over, I sat in the back row. I was actually raised in the church, but I didn't go in college. It was kind of drug, sex, and hip-hop for me. But I went to this church. I sat in the back row. I began to wrestle with what do I actually believe about God. I, I looked at world religions because I thought, what are the odds I'd be born to the right country with the right religion? And, you know, being Christianity, America, if I was born in India, I'd be Hindu, you know, so forth and so on. So as I looked at world religions, I, I kept tripping over Jesus Christ in um, history. Like, how did this guy become so polarizing and so infamous? so well known throughout the land when he's just a carpenter in Nazareth, like nobody should know about him except he came back to life. 
And I realized that he had died and come back to life for me. And when I trusted in that, everything in my life changed. And I began to share my story with them and how specifically my life has changed. And and they don't know it, it wasn't awkward. They didn't. They don't realize that. Man, I just walked them through the gospel that that God loves them, that He sent His Son Jesus Christ to die for them as a payment for their sins, that He raised from the grave His resurrection, and now He's come in into our lives and He changes our lives and He's promised us an inheritance in heaven. And so it wasn't those words, but kind of walking them through that. And then you can ask them two other questions you guys know that I like are um, they're called the Kennedy questions. James D. Kennedy of Evangelism Explosion came up with them, and I, I found them to be incredibly effective of understanding what someone believes. And the first question is simply between one and ten, ten being certain, one being not so sure. If you were to die today, how certain are you that you would go to heaven? And people are like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, hey, what, what, what's your number? Like, where are you at between 1 and 10? And I always try to get an answer from them. And so they'll, they'll usually say, you know, 7, 8, 9. And, uh, and then the second question is like it. Um, if you stood before God and he said, why should I let you in? What would you say? And there they may point to their works or something they've done or, or say, hey, I don't know. And then, then you can just walk them through. First John five thirteen says, I write these things to you, believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. And likewise, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast that we're saved because of what God's done for us through Jesus, um, not by any works of our own. And those, those two questions help clarify the gospel as well. Good, man. Uh, do you ever get afraid still? Afraid to share my faith? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or maybe not. Afraid's the wrong word. Nervous. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, I think, you know, depending on how a convert, like if I sense the spirit of God is, is, uh, wants me to share the gospel with somebody and, and which is a funny thing to say, because when does the spirit of God not want us to share the gospel? But when I really feel like the sense that the spirit is saying, no, I want you to, this is an act of faithfulness. I really want you to do this. And, and the person I'm reading the person and it doesn't seem like it's going to go well or that they're open to that. or I don't see that transition. And that's just a long explanation to say, yes, sometimes I still get nervous. I still get scared. Um, I still operate in the flesh as opposed to the spirit. And uh, what's silly about even saying that right now is it is evangelism is our opportunity to partner with the most powerful force in the world. He saves souls. He intersects with our words. He speaks. He breathes power into them, and he changes hearts through the words that we use, and we get to partner with him. It's just like God saying, hey, do you want to have fun? You want to you go and, and have some fun and having these conversations? Like, why wouldn't we do that? And I, I think, yes, there are seasons where I'm operating in my insecurities and I just want to be liked. And I'm afraid that if I, if I talk about Jesus, somebody's not going to like me. And that's so gross. I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm saddened even to say that that's true about me. Yeah, that's good. Another thing we've talked about before is just being prayerful, going into the conversations, especially if you have an existing relationship with either a family member, you know, you're about to have a meal together with someone you know is far from God. Is just continuing to God. Will you help me to see opportunities to to bring you up in the conversation? Because I do think um, what I feel consistently when I'm trying to interject. This morning, I was at the dentist and getting some work done, and I'm, I'm beginning to talk about um, uh, faith with uh, one of the women who's on on staff at the dental office that I'm at, and um, and it can be like I, I don't want to force. I don't want to be the awkward Jesus Duke guy here. And so I'm trying to see a way, and sometimes it feels like, man, I just don't know how to connect without Jesus juking and being like, oh, you went 
out last week and had a party. You know what? God throws parties when sinners like you return to him. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think some of us can feel that tension. And, and I don't know what you would say to that person. Cause, cause there's almost a shame to your point earlier that people can walk around in yeah. where they feel like, man, if this person doesn't pray the prayer I missed and I was a failure. Yeah. I think, yeah, and I, I think that's crazy, you know, and, and very, very rarely do I share the gospel with somebody and they pray the prayer, you know, uh, very rarely does that happen. Uh, and so I think faithfulness is in sharing. But I think also that I would just go back to that question, do you have a faith with that person? Like, is there an opportunity to just ask them, hey, let me ask you a question. Do you have a faith? Another opportunity to look for is just when you're talking about the weekend. I mean, Sunday is such a huge part of the weekend, right? I mean, it's a it's it's a, a third or depending on how you look at it, a half of the weekend. And so as somebody's talking about the weekend or you say, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Um, you just say, you know, one thing I like to do on Sundays is I attend this place called Watermark. And, you know, do you have a place that you attend? Is there, are you into church at all? And so that's that other question. Hey, are you into church at all? Is that, is that a part of your life? And because if you're talking about church, you're moving towards spiritual things. So. Yeah, that's good. Which is one of the most receptive, like, avenues I feel like that I have seen is so many people have had such a bad experience whenever they interact with someone, my haircut lady recently, they're like shocked that I'm talking positively about my church. Like a young person who's like, man, my church is awesome, changed my life. I can see their face being like, I don't know what, that's not what I've experienced in church. I'm intrigued by that. And so to your point, though, uh, that's not, you know, the goal is to not bring people to church, it's to bring people to Jesus. Yeah, I I just think we forget that it's good news. You know, the gospel, it just is is a word that means good news. I was was, uh, at dinner with some friends last week and she, uh, we had a server named Lydia and she came up and she was just kind of down, you know, she wasn't, um, she wasn't having a good night. I could tell, you know, it just didn't seem like she had a, a spirit of joy. And as I, I was asking her where she was from, she had moved here from Mexico. I was asking about her family, where specifically in Mexico. And we were just talking and chatting, catching up. And I said, Lydia, let me ask you a question. Do you have a faith? And, uh, and she said, oh yeah, you know, I, I was, I was raised, um, you know, Catholic and, uh, I, but I don't, I, I said, do you have a mass that you attend here? I said, no. And, um, and so I just asked her, I said, you know, let me, let me ask you these, these questions and, and the, asked her the Kennedy questions between one and 10, how certain are you that you go to heaven? She stood before God. He said, why should I let you in? Why? And, uh, it was apparent that she didn't believe or know for sure that she was going to heaven. And, um, she didn't know why if she went, she didn't know why she would be there. And so I just walked her through the gospel and I said, you know, Lydia, what, what Jesus did on the cross is he paid for your sins. And she, she stopped me and she said, so I don't have to pay for my sins. So that's right. You don't have to pay for your sins. That's, that's exactly right. Like in, and I even said, you know, past, present and future, if you believe that Jesus Christ has paid for your sins, then you can be with God forever. You can know that you're going to be with him forever. You can live for him now. And she just like this, the, her whole countenance and she just laughed from her gut. She, <laughs> I don't have to pay for my sins. And she goes, that's good news. And I just, it just hit me, you know, that happened once before you were actually with me, you know, the other time that happened. And it's just a, such a sweet reminder that the gospel is good news, that, that what you're telling people, what you're talking with them about is so full of hope and joy and, and the, the, blessings and an, an eternal inheritance with God. It's the best news in the world. Like share that. Yeah, it's good, man. 
Would you share your faith differently with, or share about Jesus differently with someone who is a stranger or someone you just met versus someone that's like a family member, a friend, or like how do you navigate those two different? Yeah, I think things? I think family's hard. Let me yeah. say that I, I think family is the hardest. You know, Jesus says a prophet is not welcome in his town, talking about himself, and I think experientially that can be really challenging because you grew up in that house and the, you know, people are skeptical and whatnot. Um, yes. And, and I'm all about relational evangelism. Like, Hey, I want to build a relationship with somebody before I talk to them about Jesus, but man, just understand that how many times the scripture admonishes that time is short, like the end is near or running out of time. And so to be diligent in actually talking about Jesus. And I think the method, you know, I didn't know what you were going to say. Would you share the gospel different? If you know, if they're a Jewish background, if Islamic background, if if um, if they have a physical need in front of you, if you're overseas, all of those, I think you know, you can contextualize anything. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the the method that I've you know have kind of adopted as my own is just that whole: Do you have a faith? Are you into church? And I, I do that here in Dallas. I do that with a stranger. I do that with with um, you know someone that I went to high school with, family. Whatnot, and if I know that, obviously, I would just say, "Hey, what's the, how's, what's that look like for you? What is you know? How are you doing? Um, what does your relationship with Christ looks like?" So, if I may ask somebody if they're closer to me, yeah. but I, I think absolutely, you want to contextualize the message based mm-hmm. on what you know about that person and and what you observe in their life and yeah. what their needs are. Yeah, because I think a lot of times with family and with friends. I know for me, I'll be like, "Well, I don't." They know what I believe. They've seen my life. Every time I'm with them, I don't want to keep you know, mm-hmm. pushing this message. They've heard me, but at the yeah. same time, I don't want to give up and I, w- I want to share with them. And so in a way it's almost easier, um, in a situation where, you know, you have one chance with this person, yeah. you may never see them again right. versus like, um, with people, you have a long-term relationship yeah. gauging when to say what you said something you said, I'm so glad you said that because it reminded me of a better answer to your first question. I think the, what do you believe question is really powerful for people you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, I, we've, you know what I believe and we've done life for a long time. I really don't know how you feel about these kinds of things. Like, what do you believe about God? Yeah. What do you believe is true? What, what do you, you know, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about what I believe? And, you know, they're, they're like, oh, well, that's good for you. And like, oh, well, what, do, what does that mean? Because I believe it's good for everybody. So, <laughs> and then you have that conversation. Yeah, so. that's good. All right, I got one last question, unless you guys have anything else. And it's this. Uh, Evangelism Explosion, which is just a resource that I don't even know if it's still around anymore, but I remember this quote because it stuck with me, said that only 4% of churches train their body on how to share their faith. And so my question is, why is that? Because at some level, we can put the fault on on, uh, people not being excited enough about it or, or being afraid of being awkward and and, uh, and all those things are valid, and I think they're common to the human experience, common to the Christian experience. At least I can resonate with that. But I also think there's been a failure in part on us as, as leaders in the church to equip the saints for the work of ministry, particularly the work of having dialogue and having winsome conversations. So do you agree with that, and why do you think it is that so few churches share or teach their body on how to share their faith. I I just think every time we discuss behavior, whether somebody's sleeping with their girlfriend, 
looking at pornography, getting drunk on a regular basis, or not sharing their faith. It's not a behavior issue. Mm-hmm. It's a belief issue. And we have to go back to the belief. Like, what? where are we missing out on the belief? Do we actually believe people are going to hell? Do we believe that Jesus Christ came to save people, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life? Do we believe that eternal life is at stake, that that is the offering? And if we get our heart and our mind around those things, then we're going to talk about it if we're excited about it. I think most people are inoculated to those truths. They're they're bored with it. And so it's not the biggest thing in their life. And so they're not talking about it. And if we get back to a place where we start our day centering our heart and mind around the gospel, um, we'll talk about it. So often when someone comes to the faith, they're new to the faith, they want to tell everybody because they just have experienced this truth. Totally. And then as they grow, you know, they we, the church teaches them to be pharisaical or legalistic or, you know, I had a guy, you know, pat me on the head one time and say, oh, that's cute. You know, you share your faith. That That's because you're a new Christian. You know, you, you don't just, when you, when you mature in the faith, you don't just do that everywhere. And I just thought, man, I hope I never mature in the faith then. And, uh, crazy. right. It's, that is, it is crazy. It is crazy. And so may it never be us. May we never be, you know, the, the 96% and let's share our faith. Like, let's do what God calls us to do. I just, I would add, uh, or just to, in wrapping up, you know, it is First Liberty. FirstLiberty.org is that resource we talked about earlier. And if we can help you guys share your faith, other resources, gotquestions.org, uh, gotquestions.org, probe.org, CARM, C-A-R-M, as in Mary.org, are some great resources. Just as I think everybody's afraid they're going to be asked this question that's going to stump them. Like, what about tectonic plates and carbon dating? And it's just like, man... Talk about Jesus, testifying, witnessing, sharing your faith, sharing the gospel is you talking about Jesus, his death and resurrection as a payment for sin. So so focus there. And, and a really powerful answer to questions that you don't know is this, I don't know. But what about Jesus? So don't be afraid to say you don't know if you don't know, but go back to Jesus. It's good, man. It's good. It's awesome. Well, hey, this was Views from the Porch. Uh, We hope you're sharing your faith. If we can help you, let us know. We're excited to see you guys next week. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.